you wanted to embrace that culture uh, of people moving around the world. Uh, and actually, you couldn't do it on your own because you needed to talk to people in other countries and have a better network of people who understood either what it was like for somebody to leave their home country and come to the UK or leave the UK and go to another country. Welcome everyone to our podcast series, Moving to Expat Land, The Journey to London. Today, we will be joined by Ian Miles from James Cooper Creston. Ian will share his insights with us, not only about UK tax, but also helpful hints about the journey to London. Ian joined James Cooper Creston in 2008 as a partner and he now heads up the firm's tax practice. Ian qualified as a chartered accountant with a top six firm and held various positions within that firm, finally ending as the National Client Service Director, chairing the Estate Planning Group, before he joined James Cooper Creston. Ian's passion for helping clients in international tax has led him to become a group leader in our London E-Team. It's my great pleasure to welcome Ian to our show. Welcome, Ian, and thanks for joining us. Good morning, John, and thank you. Please tell us a bit more about Ian Miles. I was born in Oxford and went to school there. And then at the age of uh, 18, 19, I went away to university to the northeast of Scotland to one of the major cities in Scotland called Aberdeen that point, it was very prominent in the oil industry. And of course, the North Sea fishing fleet operated out of uh, Aberdeenshire, either Aberdeen itself or, or Peterhead to the north. And then when I finished a, a four-year degree in pharmacology, I came back to Oxford, my home city, and started working for one of the big six, as it is now, and became chartered accountant in the late 1980s, when I'd qualified and I started specializing in tax, I found that every so often you were getting some international dimension to it. So you think actually the world is becoming more mobile and more globally mobile. And you wanted to embrace that culture of people moving around the world. And actually you couldn't do it on your own because you needed to talk to people in other countries and have a better network of people who understood either what it was like for somebody to leave their home country and come to the UK or leave the UK and go to another country. And what was it that attracted you to a career in tax? Well, I had been qualified as a chartered accountant for a couple of years and um, I wanted to do something slightly different. I didn't particularly want to leave the firm that I was working for because I was actually enjoying working there. I just didn't want to do audits anymore. I enjoyed accounting, but I didn't particularly enjoy auditing. And an opportunity came up to move to the trust department. And of course, because you did the trust, you then did all the tax returns for all the beneficiaries as well. And then um, I moved up to uh, from Oxford to Banbury. And that was the sort of the start of my journey into tax, really. Just on James Cooper Creston, can you tell us a bit more about the firm? We are celebrating our 100th birthday this year. Our strapline is maximising your potential. And that doesn't matter whether you are an individual or whether you're a business owner. 
But our focus for businesses is on owner-managed businesses. So we uh, act in an accounting and advisory capacity for a number of those businesses. We do audits. So if your, your entity needs or wants an audit, we will do that for you. We can do your outsourced accounting, if that's what you want. We can run your payroll. We have a very competent business tax team, and we do a lot of research and development R&D tax credit work, which gets money back from the, from the government. We have a hugely competent personal tax team. The personal tax team does a lot of compliance work, personal tax advisory for UK domiciles, as well as for non-UK domiciles, which is where our expatriate tax team comes in. So it's a full service offering. And the focus is very much on the owner-managed business, that middle sector of the market where we can provide a full service offering to our clients, whether they're corporates or whether they're individuals. Thank you. So that is quite a diverse range of services your firm offers. Now, can you tell us why you like working with expats coming to London? Well, they're international people. They have different cultures. And I suppose my exposure to international culture was as a, a young person going on holiday to France. We spent a lot of holidays either in, in Brittany or more latterly in the south of France and enjoying that. And it was an opportunity to go and speak a foreign language. I'd also learned German at school to O-level standard. So I'd got an O-level in that. Whenever I've been to Germany, I've enjoyed speaking German. One of the team members in our expat team, James Cooper Crescent, is French. So we have his culture that we understand. And sometimes we start and finish our conversations in French just to keep it going. And how has London changed post-Brexit? I'm not sure I see it any different to pre-Brexit. We're still seeing a lot of uh, international clients. We're still gaining international clients. At the moment, there are people who have been here and suddenly realise that the UK tax system has caught up with them and they need to do something. So we're seeing quite a lot of those. We have a number of clients who are still offshore, but like to communicate with us in their own native language. We have some who actually only want to speak English because they're here and they've come probably more immersed some of their uh, other more native colleagues. And so in our team at James Cooper Creston, I think pretty much everybody speaks French. Everybody in our team has lived in one of the other countries where whose language they speak. So they understand the foreign culture and in particularly, I think, European culture, if I can give it one collective word. So why do I like expats? Because they're interesting people. They, you know, they come from interesting countries. We've traveled quite a lot around the world, John, probably not as much as you, but we have traveled around the world. And one of the things I like is going to other countries and, and going native. I love that expression, going native. Can you tell us a bit more about some of the good stuff that expats can look forward to when they move to London? Well, I think if you go to London, it's a very vibrant city. There's a lot going on. Um, you've got history, you've got art, you've got culture, you've got many museums, you've got lovely parks, you've got all the palaces, you've got all the pomp and ceremony of it being the capital city of the UK, well, uh, of England. Now, please tell us, what are some of the challenges facing an expat moving to London? Probably the greatest challenge is uh, culture. I think when we've talked in the London Hub team, the feeling we have is that 
for those people who come to the UK, the greatest reason for them not getting on well or not succeeding in the UK is because they haven't got involved with the culture or they haven't understood the culture. And, you know, you and I both know that within any city, there are groups for ethnic minorities. And it would be very possible to remain within that uh, group and not see outside and understand all uh, and enjoy everything that the city has to offer. And, and if that's what people choose to do, then, then that's fine. But you can't live in a bubble. You know, you have to interact in some way or another with uh, the UK system, even if it's only to interact with the UK tax system. Yes, I think that's a great point. You can't live in a bubble. And I've seen so many situations around the world where expats just stay in their expat groups and they really do miss out on a lot of the cultural benefits of being an expat. Uh, so, yeah, good observation. Moving now to the Expatland Global Network, why did you want to become a group leader in our London E-team? The idea was probably born out of a sense of frustration because we had in uh, James Cooper Creston this really effective expatriate tax team that could do expat tax for UK arrivers and leavers. But actually, what we didn't have within our network, the Creston network at that time, was the joined up knitting for a personal tax community that was globally mobile. So the attraction for me was being able to plug in our London tax team into a network, which we have to grow. You know, you're the founder of that. So that actually, if you look at different countries and different cities, I can pick up the phone call to somebody in, in another country and say, I've got somebody moving from me to you. Uh, can you give him the tax advice on moving? The other bit that I found fascinating was that having met my fellow London group leader, uh, Phil Oakey, who's from Harmony Relocation Network, it actually opens up a whole new way of working because I've got somebody who's going to go to another country in the world, I can put them in touch with Phil and say, Phil, I've got somebody who needs to move. Can you move them? And he's got somebody coming into the UK. And he says, I've got somebody arriving in the UK. Can you give them the tax advice? It opens up a whole new conduit of work. It really does, doesn't it? That brings me to my next question, which is how can the London E-team help an expat coming to the UK? So what we would do for somebody coming into the UK, we would say, before you arrive, we need to give, give you a pre-arrival briefing so that if there are things you've got offshore that need arranging financially from the UK's perspective, that we don't suddenly find that you have then got pots of money that you can't bring into the UK without some tax consequence. That sounds like a pitfall to me. Yeah, and it's how to avoid the pitfall. We, so we can help people avoid the pitfalls. And we can tell them at what point they will be treated as resident in the UK, because we've now got a statutory residence test that tells you when you become resident. And there are options for short-term visitors, and they can be taxed just on their UK arising business uh, and their income, and not on their offshore income, provided they don't remit it to the UK. So we have things like remittance basis. You can run that for a number of years, and the longer you stay in the UK and run it, the financial penalties for doing so get better. Again, we can model which is the best route for you to go. So we we can do all that. And then if somebody's leaving the UK, we can tell them how how to leave the UK efficiently. 
Uh, and inevitably, we would end up talking with uh, their tax advisor in the country they've come from or the country they're going to, to make sure, as I've said before, that the knitting is joined up at both ends. So we can do that for the individual. But we've also seen companies saying, actually, we want to set up a branch or a company in the UK, and we want to send 10 employees over to start it up. And so not only do you end up giving the individuals the advice, you then end up giving the company advice on how to set it up in the UK. And inevitably, you then end up running the company's accounting compliance and corporation tax compliance work as well, as well as for the directors usually. So there's a whole raft of things that we can do on a very wide measure. Does that include inheritance tax planning? Can you help expats with that? It's pretty complicated. Very much so. As now, as part of our tax code, if you're tax resident in the UK for 15 out of the last 20 years, then you're deemed UK domiciled for all tax purposes. And that includes inheritance tax. Uh, and you have to look at people's long-term interests and long-term intentions as to whether they're going to go back to their country and advise them on how they break domicile in the UK when they leave. Sounds complicated. What about some of the other tax mistakes people make when they first arrive in the UK? That's a really, really easy question to answer. And it was illustrated by a case I had last night. And that is not getting advice before people arrive because they assume that the tax rules in their country will be the same in the UK. And they get here and they find that the UK has got quite a sophisticated tax code that if you're not careful, it will catch non-UK domiciles uh, if they want to bring money into the country or indeed if they've got offshore trusts. There, There are lots of traps and pitfalls. So take advice before you come. Yes, a very good point. Good advice is so crucial before you arrive. But what if an expat moving to London doesn't have an accountant in their home country? Is there a way that Creston Global can help them? Indeed, there is. So if they were coming to London and they had got into the expat land network, then we in the London Hub would ask about their advice that they were getting in their home country before they moved to expat land. And if they say, well, we're not getting any, we would then put them in touch with our Creston member in their local city who can give them advice. And clearly what we do is we would talk to them and say, you you need to get some advice to check this before you leave your home city. And then we would talk to the expat land member in that city. Ever since I was in school in England, I've been intrigued with English culture which is similar in so many ways to Aussie culture. What are some observations you might share with us about what an expat should or should not do to fit in with their UK work colleagues? Well, I think the UK work environment at the moment has probably undergone a change during the pandemic. I mean, clearly there are some people who have to go to work to work, but I think for those in uh, service industries, it's a lot easier we are going to see on an enduring basis a hybrid way of working and that people will spend some time in the office and some people will spend some time at home working. And I think that flexible approach is probably going to be here with us to stay. Whether it will be 50-50, whether it's 25-75 at the moment and that will go the other way, 
when this pandemic is over. I don't think I know. I don't think I want to predict. But I think we'll see a hybrid way of, of working. And I think that gives people probably more time in their community to understand their community. So whichever community you're going to be in, my advice would be go and explore it. And if that means taking a walk down to your local pub on a Friday night to go and say, hello, I'm here, then, then go and do it. That's a great answer. And it leads me to my next question, which is about expats coming to work in a UK company in a leadership position. If our expat listener needs to give negative feedback, then culturally speaking, what's the best way to deliver this to a UK employee? Well, I would say fairly directly. I can only respond to uh, that on the basis of my own experience. I, I think one thing the UK has going for it is it, it's a pretty diverse culture. And if you look around the UK, there are many, many cultures and religions and, or people have not of religion in the UK. And it's a pretty broad church. And it's also a pretty liberal and tolerant society. So I think that's one of the good points that the UK has going for it. And that's partly why I say you can't do too much wrong. That's great advice. Just be upfront and be direct. I like that. Now, do you have any tips for someone moving to the UK? Any suggestions that might help an expat settle in? Well, I, I would say get out into your local community. Go and say hello to your neighbours. Now, that's not always easy for somebody coming in from a different country. Try and find out as much about the place as you can before you arrive. Now, if someone would like to know a little bit more about Ian Miles, what are some of the things you do away from work? So what are the things I like to do away from work? So uh, I have a family, my wife, our children are grown up. We've been married a long time. We've got our dog, so I really enjoy walking him. He's uh, an 11-month-old puppy, so he's still in the training stage. This time he's learning, but he's learning fast and he's great fun. I like fishing when we're in the season. We have a bolt hole on the coast in uh, North Cornwall which for those who know is right down in the uh, southwest of England. So it's nice to be able to get away to the seaside and I love walking. I just love being outdoors. I love gardening and I've always enjoyed clay pigeon shooting. Wow, clay pigeon shooting. I'm not sure I'd be much good at that. Now tell us, if someone wants to come and have a chat with you in a coffee shop in Cornwall, is that an option? It's absolutely an option. It's a little way away from London, but if they happen to be in Cornwall, I very happily sit in my front garden on a couple of deck chairs around the table and we could sit and look at the sea over a cup of coffee. Well, there you have it, everyone. Come and have coffee with Ian in Cornwall and he may just take you clay pigeon shooting. Thank you very much, Ian, for your time today. It was wonderful to hear your observations about the journey to London. John, you're very welcome. And as you said, if anybody wants to know more, just feel free to get in touch with me. Thank you all for listening to us today. We look forward to you joining us next time as we continue to showcase how our members can help you move overseas. My name is John Macarian, and I'm always ready to hear from you with any questions that you have. Please contact me via our website, expatland.com. Enjoy the journey.